0: Studios. This, this is the award-winning After Nine with Scott and Kat.
1: Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hello, friends. Do you know what today is? spectacular day. It's National Potato Day. Potatoes. Potato. Potato. How many different
0: ways? What's you it?
2: Mashed potatoes.
0: Potato salad.
2: Potato salad. You say potato? You say potato, I say potato. We're a nation that truly loves our potatoes.
0: One potato,
1: two potatoes. Today is National Potato Day. It's showtime. Happy National Potato Day, you carb eating fuckers. <laughs>
0: you potato loving bastards. <laughs> <laughs> you PEI
1: loving sons
0: of bitches. <laughs> the potato is great because the potato is very versatile, right? I mean, fries, chips, all of the best carby treats. Yep. You, can from eat it potato. Whole.
1: you can mash it. Yeah. You can add butter. You can add yes. milk. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Yeah. Uh, potato really is great. I, I like potatoes. I was exaggerating a little bit there. I think that they are a good food. And I'm still in that. I balance it out. Every meal that I eat, there's always some starch or carb. There's always some vegetable and there's always a protein. So, yeah, I eat potatoes fairly regularly. And a big industry for many.
0: <laughs> you we don't a, say.
1: We have a lot to talk about today. Um, First off, this new host of Jeopardy! is already creating a shitstorm because once again, people decided to go back into the past and dig up things that they said previously and bring them to the light of day in 2021 under a 2021
0: lens. Yeah. And you know, you know, with this news, like, we're fucked.
1: We're totally fucked.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: basically, here's the story on, it's Mike Richards, right? That's right.
0: That's correct. Mike Richards. Mike Richards is the new host, uh, permanent host of Jeopardy and hasn't even made it to his first like official episode as host. He's done like the uh, guest host thing. Right. And that's how he got the gig. He says it has nothing to do with his choice. And yeah, there's already some
1: bullshit. He's the executive producer. The executive producer is the first and last person to get asked about hiring somebody.
0: Of course, it's bullshit. I I just want to know what I want to know is I wish we could find out and we probably never will. But like, what was the thought process there? Um, I know ratings wise, people thought it was bullshit that LeVar Burton didn't get it because they felt it was unfair. He was going up against the Olympics at the time. So his ratings were a little bit lower, but that could have most definitely been a reason why, I guess. I I don't know if they just went off ratings or if they also took a look at social and who people like. But this guy has a Mike Richards has a bad rap because we were hearing from people who used to work on set with him at Price is Right. He used to actually be a producer on that show. Women who worked on that set were terrified of him, especially when it came to having to tell them if they were pregnant, that they were pregnant and they would have to do a leave. He apparently was turned to a different person and was very rude to those to those women. Now, again, that that part is all rumor. What we do have as audio proof, basically, is old podcasts. I don't know why he did a podcast and who listened to it, but he had a co-host with him on a podcast. And in 2014, a couple of episodes were dug up where he they were talking about sexting and he point blank asked her, you got nude nude pictures of you on your phone things like that. People thought that was pretty inappropriate. Um, he also, there was a couple other things too. He, he made some comments about women in bathing suits and how two piece only one piece can make you look frumpy or something. I don't know. People didn't like that too much. So it's, it's not to the point where, you know, get that guy out of here at once, right? He canceled, but it's enough where people are like, well, I'm looking at you at a, In a different light. And I'm not sure how his company will like that. But he did send out a memo to staff apologizing for the comments that he made. And there were a couple of ones that people felt were kind of racist toward Haitians, uh, toward Jews uh, in this podcast, too. Hmm.
1: Well, I mean, if we're going back and listening to old podcast episodes as a means of defining somebody today, then, yeah, you're right. We are fucked. I, I haven't made up my mind yet about whether or not I'm going to eventually run for office. But one thing I will say is if I do, I have every confidence that some poor fucker in the liberal party is going to have the job of going back through all of our podcasts to try and <laughs> dig, dig up shit. So if it's the year, I don't know, 2024 or 2029, and you're going back through and listening to this episode right now, Hello. looking for shit, uh, fuck off and get a real job. Get a real job. How you do. They gave you this job because you're shitty at your regular job. How about that? Look for something more relevant to do. Look for something more relevant. You know, be part of the the solution, not the problem. How about that? Right. So with that being said, let's create some controversy. (laughs) The tide is shifting, Kat, really, really fucking quick. I think when Justin Trudeau first got the idea dropped on his desk that, you know what? We should call a snap election. Let's do a summertime election, when and we're going to ride the wave of a two-dose summer. And our procurement was great. We had the minister of shopping there, Anita Anand. She was she got all those vaccines very, very late, but she got them. And this is a good time for us to have an election. It's good. And then by the time I think they started to realize, well, maybe it wasn't such a good idea. I think it was too late to pull up. And now we're in an election. And in the first week, it's insane how quickly, not even just regular people, even the media is turning on Justin Trudeau. I'm shocked at what a fucking gong show his campaign is turning out to be. I think he really thought he could do the bare minimum in this campaign, take some selfies, wave, smile, make a few promises. Oh Yeah, we're going to get you $10 a day health or uh, child care. And he would just win a majority. But it's really not well, like hang on, that. Hang I mean,
0: on, do we have to do this now? Though I mean, the, the election's not here yet. Can we can we say things like that after we figure out what the, where the votes lie?
1: I'm just saying that it seems like the tide is shifting, and the evidence comes from, for example, Nova Scotia. They just held an election and completely booted out a majority Liberal government and elected a conservative majority. And I'm not saying that that's how this is going to turn out, but things aren't going well. You'll recall just the other day I said, "You watch." It's the same shit every time there's an election. They start pulling boogeymen out of the closet like, oh, fuck, it looks like O'Toole's doing well, so y- you better bring up the abortion thing again. Oh, he's going to take away your abortion rights. Just last night, the MP from Peterborough did this big, long nine tweet diatribe about how Aaron O'Toole's going to take away your abortion rights. The internal polling must be pretty fucking bad if they're going to that on day four of the campaign. Usually, that's something they save as a Hail Mary at the end if it's not looking good. Day four, and they're already going there. Where's Trudeau's platform? The NDP and the conservatives have released their full platform. Still don't have one from the prime minister, and he keeps getting harassed by these anti mask protesters. They're following him around like they're groupies. It's insane. He's not having a very good go on the campaign trail, that's for damn sure. And uh, obviously, with the news out of Afghanistan and the wildfires that are burning and so on, it doesn't look good. But anyway, you're right. We will circle back and reconvene about what did did go right and what went wrong after the campaign is over. Um, Am I crazy or am I just having unrealistic expectations of what we get from shopping at the LCBO? This is a crown corporation that has a loyalty program. You used to get air miles when you shopped at the LCBO. And now they've announced that by the end of the year, you'll get Aeroplan miles. You get one point for every $4 you spend.
0: Okay, I used to have an Aeroplan card. I don't even know where it is, and I only needed to use it because at the time I worked for a company where I was traveling. So they used the Aeroplan miles actively. I stopped using it after that. Do I even have it? Can I find it? I don't know. Maybe it's lying around somewhere. But I'm wondering how much Aeroplan paid for this, because that's how it works, right? I mean, I don't know for a fact, but that's got to be how it works. I mean, air miles and LCBO went their separate ways earlier this year. It was announced back in February that they'd be no longer accepting air miles. So we figured there'd be a new points program. To be honest with you, I thought this would be an internal LCBO program that would be starting up. And I thought, here it is, right? Because we bitch and whine and moan, and I do, anyway, about the fact that the sales are kind of shit. Like, what it, what does the LCBO really do for me? And air miles was always the answer. Well, now without air miles, what do you got? So I've been waiting on this. And uh, for some people are gonna love this because their credit cards may be also attached to their airplane miles. And I get it for some people, fabulous news for me. I don't even think I'll bother re-registering or or anything for AeroPlan just for the LCBO, but maybe it'll work for them. I don't know. I just think that
1: one point for every $4 you spend,
0: that's not, it's
1: it's actually kind of cheap of the LCBO or AeroPlan or whoever funds these fucking programs. uh, You'd have to spend a lot of money to get any sort of a tangible amount of points or go there a lot before it even turns into a discount on a hotel stay, let alone a flight somewhere. That's a lot of booze to drink. Eh, They probably should have just left it alone, or maybe we should just do what we should have done a long time ago (laughs) and let businesses run the LCBO. Then you could have any number of them, or let's just move everything over to PC Optimum Points. They're the best ones anyway, aren't they?
0: (laughs) I I mean, I agree with you. I'm PC Optimum Points for life, for sure. That's like all I collect, really. That's all I go out of my way to collect, I should say. I'm not even sure what to do with my air miles at this point. But yeah, I don't know. It's a money thing. It comes down to a money thing. And I believe it was, this is a business deal. Um, Aeroplan either pays for it. I don't know the exact ins and outs of it, but this is a complete business move.
1: Let's talk about Old Navy. Old Navy has announced a change in that starting tomorrow, every one of its women's styles in all sizes will be the same price. And they will carry more sizes in store and group them all together. So as we break it down a bit, this is what it means. They'll carry sizes zero to 28. By the way, how can you be a size zero? I admit I know fuck all about women's clothing. Like if my girlfriend said, hey, can you go out and get me a sweater? I'd have no idea where to start because the sizing scares me. You can be a (laughs) size zero.
0: Sizing scares you. I believe there's also a double zero. There's actually a double zero. I don't know how I would feel about that too, by the way. And and I know different people have different perspectives on this, but I personally always, you know, I didn't always love that there's a petite section at stores and there's a plus size section at stores. But some people would disagree that even shop in those sections and say it makes life easier for them. But yes, it starts at zero or zero, zero, double zero. But zero is not even a fucking number. Yeah, I don't, it means you don't exist, I guess. I I, I know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I didn't create it.
1: So the women's sizing in Old Navy now, as of tomorrow, will go from 0 to 28. And if you happen to need a 29 or 30, those two sizes will be available online only. They're also going to be displaying their fashions on mannequins consistently across the entire chain that are either a size 4, 12, or an 18. 18 is low in the plus size, right? Anything over a size 14, I think, they consider Plus
0: size? I learned so much this morning that I, I didn't know. First of all, I was unaware, um, unaware that you paid more for plus size. So we, do, had a, yeah. we had a ton of text messages in on this. So to answer your question, Sarah actually texted us in this morning to our FM radio show and told us they had zero to 18 in the store, but not everything came in plus size. And that's all they had. So I'm not sure if they can where the where they drew the line as to what's plus size.
1: Seems to be 14, but I can't say that for certain because, again, I don't understand women's clothing. I don't understand how you can be a zero. I don't understand how a 28 can be like the top of the chain for plus sizes because guys clothes typically start at a 28, well, which you, is weird, too.
0: No. Well, you're talking about waist size, though.
1: Yeah. So the way they do guys Different. clothing, maybe, ladies, you don't know this. We but have it two too. numbers. Oh, do you? Yeah, okay, so, yeah.
0: So that's inches. That's waist. And you can purchase jeans still and everything else by waist size. Okay. So what would a
1: a 14 be then? Is that your waist size or is it the length or is it just the number of the overall? Is it an average?
0: Correct. No, it's it's just a sizing number. It's just a size number. That's all it is. And it starts at zero and it works its way up. That's all it is. It's not a measurement. It's not an actual measurement you can do by a ruler. People just know roughly their size. And depending on the stores you walk into, it could vary. I could be I'm thrilled if I'm ever like a four at a store, I'm like right on, but it can go all the way up, you know, six to eight, depending on the store. That's what I also hate about sizing and women. We, we all know that feeling of like, some stores are better than others. Some stores will purposely make your clothes seem like they are sizes smaller because they'll number it as a four or five or six or whatever. But you know, like that ain't right because in another store, this would be a a 10, for example, it's fucked up, especially when it comes to ladies. We, We definitely go through the ringer when we try to buy clothes because of the different brands do their sizes differently.
1: But why can't we just have a universal system? Wouldn't it make more sense for women to just know what their measurement is roughly? And then you go in and buy a, okay, I need a 18 waist and a a 24 leg. Doesn't that make more sense? Maybe guys' clothing is sized properly. I, I don't understand do. how your girl number system works. I know.
0: Works. They, and again, they do have that at some places. I can go into a store and say, hey, jeans, I need jeans. I'm 26, 33, or whatever the hell it is that I want. Great. Fabulous. And, I, and I'm, I'm good to go. It doesn't even work that way, though, because for women, it's also about the fit. Some guys don't give a shit about the fit, right? They don't care how their butt looks in it. For some women, they can't squeeze their ass into some jeans, so they have to move to a different size in order to like be able to squeeze girls. their Squeeze their hips into it, right?
1: Yeah. Sorry, I was editorializing a little bit. I do like that.
0: Um, okay, so
1: with these sizes now, you'll get zero to 28 on the shelf right there. No problem. You can get your size. I still don't understand why they were charging you more if you were a plus size. I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I do understand that, yes, it would be a little more material, but using that argument then, every size increase should come at a higher price You know, if you're a zero and then you somehow go up to a size 15, yeah, obviously that's going to be a lot more material than between a 15 and a 17. Mm -hmm. Why were we charging anybody more money because they got a little junk in the trunk or thick thighs? I don't get that at all.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And some people will just point to money grab. Uh, Others will say that well, the companies have a point because it is a little more material. I'm not sure there's anything to that, but I agree with you. And it wasn't Old Navy was not the only place um, that was doing it, and some continue to do it. I mean, we had texts from people saying Walmart will charge for more clothes, more for clothes over XL. Uh, Giant Tiger will charge more for plus size. Um, and they say it winners as well. Some of the clothing will be similar and they'll be charging much more for those plus sizes. So it's, it's not uncommon.
1: That's so strange to me. If you want to read the exact media release from old Navy about the changes that they're making effective tomorrow, you can go to scott a store manager from old Navy texted our FM radio show today and said that the inventory is already coming in and it's going to be a great change for women in that they'll have a lot more options So, hey, that's good. Another thing that I'm really struggling with this one because I. uh, Let me read you the story. Unions representing Ontario teachers are calling for a mandatory vaccination policy for schools ahead of students return to class next month. Unions representing elementary, high school, Catholic and French teachers say the provincial policy requiring unvaccinated staff to undergo regular testing is not strict enough. The unions say a mandatory vaccination policy would provide greater protection against the spread of COVID and protect students, especially those under 12 who aren't eligible for shots. They also note the details of the provincial plan are still being finalized with a new academic year starting in less than three weeks. So the only thing accurate about that is that, yes, you're right. Kids under 12 can't get vaccinated and the school year does start in a few weeks and the provincial plan is still being finalized. Am I crazy, or is that well outside the mandate of a union to tell the government to force their members to do something? <laughs> when in the holy hell has that ever happened before that the union is demanding more regulation on their members from the government? I can't think of another example. And to me, I'm, I'm wondering, is this really just political? Will they truly take any stance opposed to the Ford government. And and I think everybody understands I'm not too happy with Doug in 2021, not even a little bit. Wherever the fuck Doug is, I don't know where he's been hiding, but we haven't seen him in ages.
2: Yeah. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs>
1: but for the teachers' unions to demand that the government require their members to be fully vaccinated seems a little off base to me. I mean, why doesn't the union do it then? Why don't they make it a condition of membership in order to be a member of the teachers union? You must be fully vaccinated. Why wouldn't they do it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It doesn't make sense to me. And call me crazy, but I have a sneaking suspicion when it comes to ETFO and OECTA and the OSSTF and all these other this that fucking motley crew of losers. I mean, the leadership, not the members, the, the leadership. When it comes to these people, they probably were just waiting to figure out what the government's position would be. And if the government had said all teachers must be vaccinated, they would lose their minds, would they not? Because that's the way I saw this going down. I thought for sure the government would say, if you're going to be working with the most vulnerable kids, including ones who can't get a vaccination, you must be vaccinated yourself. I thought for sure that was what was going to happen. And the union would lose their mind. Yeah, it's the exact opposite. Where are they going with this here?
0: I don't know. I don't what's know. the I alternative?
1: Uh, is the union actually going to request that the government make it mandatory? And if a teacher refuses to get vaccinated for whatever reason that they've made that choice, is the union going to voluntarily kick somebody out
0: or stand by while that member gets fired? Is that what's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I, maybe they just see it as ammo because they know it probably won't happen unless I'm wrong, unless you think I'm wrong there, but it probably won't happen. And they just want to use it as ammo. Like, see, we did this and look how the schools turned out. And we all know it's not going to be sunshine, lollipops and rainbows when September hits. We know that there's going to be cases. We know some classrooms are going to have to shut down for a while or maybe even schools. I don't know how bad it's going to get, but we do know that something's going to happen. This is a way to fall back on the government. And yes, they were they. They. Choose any way that they can to shit on the Ford government. So this is just one piece of ammo. That's what I'm thinking.
1: I just don't. I I couldn't imagine a union wanting such a divisive thing put in place as mandatory so that if someone is not vaccinated, they get consequenced. And that consequence could even be firing. We don't know. And they're just going to be okay with that because I have a feeling they're not going to be okay with that. It's very, very partisan. But one other thing I wanted to point out is yesterday, the government released the numbers and they were down 485 new cases, 350 of them in people that are not fully vaccinated. Okay, well, that leaves 135 people in one day that are fully vaccinated that have been diagnosed with covid. And, you know, I know that you can still catch covid if you're vaccinated. It shouldn't lead to a dire outcome if you're vaccinated. But that's 95 for a vaccine that's 95 percent effective. To have more than a quarter of the daily new cases with covid, that seems a little strange to me. And one of the questions that I asked on my Facebook page is. Should the government start publishing in their daily roundup that they do every morning around 1030? The health minister tweets out the numbers. Lots of focus on vaccination now. How many people are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, partially vaccinated? whatever. Should they start telling us what vaccinations should they break it down by AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J? And should they specify, uh, you know what, there was 135 fully vaccinated people diagnosed with COVID yesterday. And of those 135, uh, I don't know, 100 of them had a mixed dosage where they got AstraZeneca and then Pfizer, for example, Uh, all those people, had AstraZeneca or had Pfizer or Moderna, maybe we should learn roughly which vaccines are are working here. Or are they all part of this 135 equally? It seems like a high number. Am I crazy? 135 out of 485 were fully vaccinated and caught yeah. COVID in one day?
0: Yeah, it's not I know, it's I know, it's not great. It's all a little up in the air, and I don't know. The booster shot thing is like making me go, what? I don't know. I don't know, Scott. I don't know.
1: The World Health Organization is losing their mind because yesterday the U.S. did say that, yep, we're going to give out booster shots. You'll get your booster eight months after your first shot. So you're going to line up for a third time in America. And it may happen here, too. Uh, The World Health Organization is losing it. though. I mean, they're saying, hey, listen, you guys are moving on to your third shots. And the vast majority haven't had one shot around the world. Yeah, Like, could you ease up a little bit and let everybody else have at least one shot yep. before you go to your third? And it's hard to argue with them, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. This is where this is where it's going to get tricky. And it's uh, the privileged countries will remain a little more privileged. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of, you know, Biden offering more doses to different countries. Maybe our government will do the same thing like we did last time around, uh, get, helping to give at least one dose. Because you're right. There are still places that don't. When we're talking about a third. But Okay, so just to go back to the amount of cases that we've had in fully vaxxed, wasn't the point, at least the main point, for me anyway? To me, what's the most important is our hospitals, our healthcare workers, and the overwhelming ICU spaces, right? Right. So if the fully vaxxed are catching COVID, I don't give a shit as long as they're not hospitalized. As long as it's actually helping with those hospitalization numbers, can't we just carry on? Can't we just move along here?
1: Well, I'm just kind of wondering though, like, should we even call it a vaccine? Like, I've been vaccinated against measles, mumps, and rubella. That doesn't mean that I could catch measles, mumps, or rubella, but it's just a mild form of it. It means I don't catch measles, mumps, or rubella. So, if that's what a vaccine does, but this vaccine actually allows you to catch COVID, it just shouldn't lead to a dire outcome. I don't know, maybe, is there another word we should be using? And even to call this third shot the booster shot, I don't know why we would call it the booster shot. The second shot was the booster shot. I don't know why the third one would be. What is it like an extra booster, a double boost? It seems strange to me. I mean, maybe I'm just missing something here in the daily covid read, but I'm starting to get some questions based on the amount of information that the government is publishing here. It's very strange, very, Mm -hmm. very strange. And they keep doing corrective numbers. Was it 10 deaths yesterday, but it turns out six of them were for a, from a few months ago? How are we still finding cases from months ago that didn't get reported until August? I
0: know. That's a little silly to me. I don't understand that. It, like, part of me still wishes that they would just not, I don't know. I don't want to see the cases every day anymore. At one point, I was. I always did. But now that we have the vaccine rollout, like, I just don't, I don't even want to. Because if we're going to stay at stage three, and I'm just obviously strictly talking about Ontario. But if we're going to stay at step three, stage three, whatever it is, and pause that, fine. I don't care. That's great. Then can you just also pause the numbers? Tell us if there's like an insane amount or something or give us a weekly update. Like, I don't know. I'm just sick of it at this point. I purposely go out of my way to ignore the numbers at this point.
1: You want an opt out option?
0: Yeah, I want to opt out of hearing about it (laughs) every day. It's just an it's just the everyday thing. Like, why? Why do we need to hear about this every single day? I do want to know if our hospitals are overcrowded. That's what's important to me. Are, are, Are the hospital staff overwhelmed? That's a problem. And if we need to look into those vaccinated or ones taking up ICU space, that's a problem to me. Otherwise, can we just move the fuck along, please?
1: I hear you. Well, we are paused on step three for a while. I think everybody saw that coming, right? When sure. the government way, way, way back at the end of May told us about the three step plan, but they didn't have a step four or any clear way out of step three. It kind of seemed like they were making it up as they were going along. And sure as shit, we're still in step three. There is no step after step three. That's the end of all public health restrictions. And we're going to now stay in step three for the foreseeable future anyway. Just the other day, Dr. Kieran Moore said it's probably going to be a rough fall and a rough winter. And again, I just don't understand how that's possible when seven over 70% of the population is fully vaccinated.
0: Yeah. They call I, it the I pandemic
1: know. of the unvaccinated. There's a lot of vaccinated that seem to be getting sick here. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just reading the numbers the same way every other regular person is. It just seems like a very high number of vaccinated people are in these daily numbers. And to me, that's a problem. Uh, Last thing I want to touch on here. It was an online survey, and it was talking about your vacation habits and stuff like that, because all the people in hospitality and travel, they're the last ones to see the payoff. Mm -hmm. Restaurants, when they finally got to reopen, they got that big rush. And people are still going out because they appreciate sitting on a patio or having someone else cook for them after a year of lockdown in this province. But when do the hotels and the airlines and the attractions get their big boom? One of the subcategories that came up in this is, what do you do with your pets when you go on vacation? And to me, it is shocking how many adults that took this survey on travel Said that their dog needs a vacation, too.
0: (laughs) Dogs don't need vacations. Easy with the need.
1: Yeah, exactly. I look at my dog every day and think, fuck, you have got the life. No bills to pay. No responsibilities. You can lick your own nuts. You uh, (laughs) You get fed on command. You get treats on top of that. You get walked minimum three times a day. You go to the park all the time. I take you to fucking Dairy Queen and Starbucks and shit. What do you need a vacation for? I need a vacation from all the shit I do for you. But 68% of pet owners feel their dog deserves a vacation. So half of them plan to travel in the near future with their pet in the car and not just, hey, I'm going to go visit uh, uh, my mom and dad and I'll take the dog. Like they're actually going to go somewhere and take the dog on a vacation. Can I just say before you do that, you really need to know your dog. Some dogs fit in nicely wherever you are, but there's a lot of dogs that don't like going on vacation, especially a staycation. What are you taking the dog to the cottage? Are you going to make the dog do cottagey shit and go in the boat? Stuff like that, because I don't think a lot of dogs want to do that. You took Leo on a vacation, and he hated it.
0: Yeah, so my dog's vacation, the best, l- least stressed that he could be is at home exactly where his butt is. Let me tell you, we rented a cottage at Lake of Bays. This is a few years back, beautiful spot, and thought, oh, Leo's going to love this, right? Forests, uh, at the lake, he can swim. There's lots of smells. Oh, we will have a great time. He Fucking hated it. But my dog also has anxiety on any given day. He is a very anxious dog. Um, so that entire trip was horrible. I had wished that we had kept him back uh with family and he stayed with them because it was horrifying for him, I think. There were too many smells, first of all. He ran into a. T- we took him for a walk once and we ran into a deer, and we're like, oh, look at the beautiful deer. Leo lost his shit. He's like, What the fuck is this thing? He didn't yeah. know whether to like bark, bite a fucking run. He didn't understand what was happening. So for me, when I think about a vacation that I would enjoy, my dog would not enjoy it. For A vacation for him is just, you know what, spoiling him with a nice, you know, raw bone or a nice meal. Maybe I prepare him a nice meal. That's a great little treat and, and vacation for him. That's all he gets because otherwise it, it's not the same for dogs, at least for my dog.
1: I don't know. Maybe there could be a dog vacation getaways, but I have a feeling the dogs would enjoy a getaway with other dogs, not necessarily with you. I I, I don't know. They have spa treatments that you can get for your dogs. I've never done it, but I've honestly thought to myself a few times, "Oh, you really seem to like it when I scratch your head and rub your back. If you could get that for like an hour with nice serene music playing and the lights low, I'm starting to wonder if maybe the dog would like a little spa day. Get his nails done and the whole nine yards. Maybe that's the kind of pampering a dog would like. I don't think they want to go on a fucking road trip out to Alberta or something like that. That seems like hell if you ask me. But anyway, uh, 52% want to take their dog with them on a trip. Sorry, 68% feel their dog deserves a vacation. 52% will travel with their pet in the car. And 31% have played special music for their dog on a road trip. Really? You created a playlist for the dog? <laughs> what was on that playlist?
0: Yeah, the playlist. Okay, leave, leaving music on for the dog, I've done it. I ne- have never in my life thought, you know what song Leo would like? Hang on, let me play Leo a song. That has never happened. Look, it,
1: it, her name is Olivia, and her boyfriend dumped her and, and like pretend she doesn't exist, and now she's all fucking angry and people love it. Yay! The dog doesn't know or care. You'd probably be better off to leave an episode of Paw Patrol on for the dog.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, the dog doesn't care. The dog does not care. I, I, likes our station, though. I usually leave our, our radio station on for him, and he likes it. He seems how do you happy. know he likes it? Well, he seems happy enough. He doesn't complain when I get home.
1: Do you know how many fucking times I heard The weekend today? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> When's Drake? If you new- <laughs>
1: play one more Drake song, I'm out of here. Fuck it. Turn the radio off. Yeah. That's true. Can you imagine if the dog could talk when you got home from work? Did you really need to play Bieber and the Kid Leroy again? Fuck.
0: Yeah, man, come on. Like, we get it. You like Justin Bieber. Fuck.
1: Yeah, we get it. He wants him to stay. All right, fine. Let's move on. Uh, By the way, speaking of Paw Patrol, Kat and I lead very different lives after the podcast is done because I do uh, mainly adult shit, but Kat has two little ones at home. And when she came in this morning, the excitement, as she explained to me that they now have a Paw Patrol option on Waze, was absolutely fascinating to look at. You were excited, (laughs) like they just announced your favorite artist was coming in concert.
0: So the Paw Patrol movie is coming out tomorrow, uh, August 20th, and I am excited for that. And yes, I do plan to take my girls to the movie. And with that, there's a new collaboration. And Waze has done this in the past with a couple of different uh, celebrities. And to promote the Paw Patrol movie, the Waze app now features the Paw Patrol guiding your drive. So parents who know, you know, um, the kids love it. And that's what I like about it is it keeps them pretty entertained during the drive. I tested it out yesterday. It was not. It was a short drive. But I tested it out, and it was pretty cool. So the the drive is navigated by Ryder and the pups, and along the route, they actually plant little things so that you see them pop up on your GPS screen. So the kids like it, right? They're like, fuck, there's Mayor Humdinger. There's the kittens and, you know, shit like that. And Marshall, Sky, Chase, the whole gang is there and, and talks a little bit throughout it. You have no idea what I'm talking about, right?
1: I don't know. You could be speaking a different language no right now.
0: But let Did me you tell you, you Mayor, Scott.
1: Mayor, Mayor Pennyworth, what, what is his name? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mayor Humdinger.
1: Humdinger, that's Mayor Humdinger.
0: It. Mayor Goodway also, um, but that's that's a good thing. But it's kind of a, I don't know, it's neat. It's an option and it's only for a limited time and you can go to uh, scottandcat.ca, click the link there. And as long as you're on the device that Waze is on, so if that's your phone that you use, uh, as long as your device is, is there, click it and then it will take you right to Waze and show you where you click to activate the Paw Patrol feature. But I don't know, it's neat. Chase is definitely on the case, I'll tell you that much.
1: I assume that's from the show. Yeah, Chase is sh- on the case. Chase is on the case, yeah. That makes sense.
0: Cool. All right. Um, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to day drink today
1: and probably be a little hungover tomorrow. Are you, you? go ahead and enjoy the Paw Patrol ways missions. Are you, you
0: day enjoy. drinking? What's the occasion? Uh,
1: you know what? It's Thursday, and we're going to be off for a couple of days next week. We've got a four-day weekend coming up, so I figured might as well fucking start her up. <laughs> you, you, you can't paint until you prime. And I think that this is going to be the primer day, and then we're going to let her rip all
0: weekend. Don't forget about your AeroPlan card, okay? Just make sure you dig that up first before you head to the LCBO for your cocktails of choice.
1: What a slap in the face. Oh, you get one point for every $4 you spend. Like, suck a dick. Uh, that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing. You literally have to buy the inventory from four different stores to get a flight to New York. Piss off. bastards Bastards. Bastards. anyway (laughs) we gotta roll everybody have yourselves a fantastic thursday it's uh before i go i'll do the national days because sometimes people enjoy these things it is national aviation day what's up to all our pilots national potato day and national soft ice cream day cat (laughs) hates chocolate ice cream but we're not doing that because we gotta go You do hate chocolate ice cream? (laughs) Listen,
0: I just think it's garbage. Like, milk chocolate's good. When you try to make chocolate ice cream, it's not chocolate ice cream. And then someone pointed out to me this morning, real quick on that note, if you like chocolate ice cream, maybe you also like marshmallows, because they say it tastes like marshmallows. I didn't put two and two together, but it would make sense, because I also hate marshmallows. Those are also garbage. So maybe there's something to that.
1: You realize that now that you've said that, you'll never get elected to office or host Jeopardy,
0: right?
1: (laughs) I'm (laughs) fucked. It's gone full circle. Have yourselves a great Thursday, everybody. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow.
2: United Airlines has instructed its flight crew not to use duct tape when dealing with unruly passengers. Don't use it. Flight attendants heard and were like, okay, tasers it is. Okay, well. While passengers on Frontier Airlines will now be wheeled on board like Hannibal Lecter. And that's. Yeah, according to the memo, United is against using duct tape unless it's holding up one of their engines. That's where they draw the line. Carnival Cruise is experiencing a bacon shortage. When passengers found out, they immediately started inflating lifeboats and jumping overboard. I don't want to say it's anarchy, but within 15 minutes, a passenger with eight strips of bacon was screaming, I am the captain now. Well, get this. Home Depot just announced that they sold out of their early release of Halloween decor almost immediately. People got so desperate, they just started grabbing anything that was orange. Pumpkins, lights, Home Depot employees. They're like, hey, put me The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy.